Howdy. This is Too Busy for Crypto. This podcast is for fans of cryptocurrency who want to learn and articulate ideas, but who don't have time to be watching hours of YouTube videos where most of the best crypto education currently exists. Please listen to my first four episodes on risks, warnings, and disclaimers if you have not already. Those episodes on negatives are meant to anchor my crypto-positive content. This episode, I will discuss hex mining and T-shares. This is an advanced topic. If you get lost, please pause and listen to my episode, What is Crypto? as an introduction. When anyone is researching hex, it is a magical time when they first ask the question, so what is a T-share? The short answer is, T-shares are hex miners. The long answer seems never-ending. The hex smart contract is straightforward. As one explores the mechanics, one finds layers of simplicity that integrate into a feat of engineering. When you make it through this episode, I hope you more clearly recognize the magnitude of what has been created. Hex is not a company. There is no CEO. There are no employees. Hex is software. You can choose to run the code or leave it alone. This episode may have some errors or inconsistencies. I invite you to look up the Hex contract in layman's terms. It is a Google Doc that explains what Hex software code does in objective terms. Some other, more knowledgeable Hexican wrote it. I will start by discussing some broad elements such as consensus and mining and inflation. I will narrow focus to hex and hex mining. I will discuss jargon around the words mining and staking. After covering some basic hex and t-share mechanics, I will go into more complex mechanics and emergent properties. Let's begin. Hex is Bitcoin with a consensus change. Bitcoin uses proof-of-work consensus, and Ethereum and Hex use different types of proof-of-stake consensus. What is consensus for? On a blockchain network, consensus is an agreement among the majority of network nodes that certain events took place. The events are transaction blocks. One node proposes a block of transactions to add to the blockchain, and if the other nodes agree, then that is consensus. The combination of a blockchain and consensus ensures that all coins are unique rather than duplicates. Duplicates are called a double spend, and that is bad. Proving unique ownership of an asset gives that asset the property of scarcity. Scarcity means there is a limited supply. Assets with a limited supply are often worth more than limitless assets. Air is worth nothing to you until you need to carry an air supply with you to breathe. Consensus is an agreement that coins started at this address, then went to that address, then that address, and so on. What types of consensus are there? Proof-of-work and proof-of-stake are two types of consensus. 
Proof of work is when a computer node solves a complex math problem. The math problems are called hash calculations, and their difficulty is called hash difficulty. When a computer solves a difficult problem, then it proves that the owner spent the money on hardware, electricity, and time in order to solve the problem. By contrast, proof-of-stake consensus shifts the proof-of-capital investment from major physical hardware to a minor financial pledge called a stake. The Ethereum network must also monitor stakers for good behavior, like keeping their nodes running and keeping their capital committed. The requirement for electricity and time is reduced significantly. When Ethereum nodes changed from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake, their electricity consumption reduced by at least 95%. Ethereum was always faster than Bitcoin in terms of time, and that did not change. How does the proof-of-stake differ between Ethereum and Hex? Hex was born as a smart contract on Ethereum. It relies on Ethereum for the first layer of network consensus and security. Hex consensus is focused on the time element of proof-of-stake within a hybrid model of currency, monetary policy, and financial yield. Ethereum proof-of-stake requires each validator to run a node and stake 32 ETH. That 32 ETH is the pledged capital. When the validator enters the rotation and performs a validation successfully, then that validator receives a fee from the network. In the HEX smart contract, any individual may stake any amount of HEX for any number of days from one day to 15 years. The HEX contract rewards stakers who end their stakes on time. Starting and ending a stake are both a voluntary personal action. Neither ETH holders nor HEX holders have to stake. It is just much easier for an individual to stake HEX without involving counterparty risk, which is a risk for most stake delegation platforms. What was that about receiving fees? When someone is mining Bitcoin or Ethereum or HEX, that person receives a reward for providing support to the network. The rewards are like-kind. Bitcoin miners receive Bitcoin. Ethereum validators receive ETH. HEX miners receive HEX. These rewards only have value in a fiat currency like dollars if they can be exchanged for that in some market. Since the reward currency has no intrinsic value and is created by its origin network, then that reward is inflation. I mean inflation of supply, like monetary inflation, not price inflation, which is a downstream effect of monetary inflation. Price inflation is value deflation. I start with the assumptions that a mining reward has no intrinsic value, and that it is better to have more coins than less coins. Based on these assumptions, the supply inflation keeps the network consensus honest by rewarding those who support the network's honest function. What is a dishonest network? 
A dishonest network is where the rewards don't come from where the network says they come from, or where honest actors can be outgamed by dishonest actors. A good network should be very difficult to game. A network with an inflation bug becomes dishonest as soon as the inflation bug is used. In the past, Bitcoin and Ethereum have both experienced bugs that required a chain rollback to fix it. Hopefully, these don't happen again. Hex has not had any bug since inception in December 2019. Supply Inflation Cryptocurrency systems must address supply inflation. Bitcoin halves the inflation payout per block every four years. Bitcoin inflation began around 1,000% and is around 1.8% in 2023 and will slowly ratchet down to 0.1% over decades. When Ethereum changed from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake in September 2022, the daily inflation dropped from about 13,000 ETH per day to about 1,700 ETH per day, according to Ethereum.org. They report that on that day, the inflation rate dropped from about 4% to about 0.5%. HEX has a maximum systemic inflation rate of 3.69%. Mining HEX defers the inflation to the future because inflation is realized at the end of a stake. All of the 3.69% inflation is an unrealized credit to miners until their stakes end, which each miner chooses individually. For this reason, HEX is unlikely to fully realize inflation as long as mining stakes are active. Time to focus on HEX. Ethereum is a network. ETH is the native token on the Ethereum network. HEX is a smart contract born on the Ethereum network. HEX will exist on any network that forks from Ethereum after December 2019. As a smart contract, HEX gets the benefit of two layers of consensus, and therefore two layers of network security. Ethereum provides the outer layer of consensus and security. Ethereum can be updated, for better or worse. HEX maintains its own internal consensus system, which is locked and isolated. It is immutable code. This internal consensus is the share system. HEX has a dual existence as both a liquid tradable token and as staked HEX. Staked HEX may also be called a mining share. These two aspects are commonly called liquid hex, and T-shares. T-shares is short for trillion shares. It is a number abbreviation. Sometimes you may hear B-shares instead of billion shares. What is this T-share system, and what is the point? Shares are an internal unit of account in the hex smart contract. Shares are not tradable on the market as themselves. The regular liquid hex token is an external unit of account and is tradable on the market as itself. The T-share system exists to simulate 
compound interest. The hex contract uses proof-of-stake mining. The mining reward for staking hex is more hex. In order to generate this like-kind yield, T-shares are used. When a stake begins, a user selects an amount of hex to time lock for a selected period of time. That hex amount and duration of time lock results in some amount of T-shares based on the current daily T-share rate. The stake begins. The hex is burned from the liquid hex supply and the shares are created in the shares supply. Now that the hex is burned, it can no longer be sold on the market. And there is no counterparty that holds the coins in custody. The shares are assigned to the staking address and thus begins the proof-of-stake mining. Mining is the cool part. The shares, or T-shares, are awarded daily payouts. The payouts are actually claims that will be realized if the stake is ended at the contracted time. Otherwise, penalties will be imposed. I will get to penalties later. Every day in the life of a T-share, it accrues a payout. Every day, the hex contract counts the total supply of liquid hex and multiplies that by about 0.0101%, which is equal to an annualized rate of 3.69%. That global payout amount is divided up among all T-shares. Unlike an Ethereum validator stake, T-shares are not in a rotation. T-shares represent a hex stake, since the staked hex was burned. The T-share accrues the payout claims for the life of the contracted stake. Finishing a stake. T-shares mine hex, but they do so in a deferred manner. T-shares accrue claims for daily payouts to be collected at the end of a stake. After the last day of the stake period, the T-share remains but does not accrue any more payouts. The stake began with a start stake transaction that was approved with a private key known by a staker. The stake ends when the same private key approves the end stake transaction. The end stake function is gas intensive and therefore potentially costly to run. The end stake function adds up the daily payouts for every day that the T-share accrued payout claims. The function takes the sum of hex payouts, adds the number of original hex principal, and then mints that hex into supply. The function also burns that T-share from the T-share supply. In summary, start stake burned the hex principal and created the T-share, and end stake mints the hex principal plus the hex yield, and burns the T-share. Complexity. Let's say that process makes sense to you. There are several related issues to discuss that don't follow a logical sequence of discussion. These issues add complexity to understanding hex and T-shares. Here is a list of a few issues. The simple burning and minting of supply. 
penalties, and additional rewards. Ending a stake early, or late, or never. Ethereum gas fees. Deferred inflation of hex supply. Parameters and bonuses for the start stake function. The T-share rate and T-share deflation. The simulation of compound interest. APY and the percent of staked supply. Now I will go through these points. The simple burning and minting of supply. In theory, any cryptocurrency system can create or destroy units of supply. This is governed by code. If the code is immutable, like hex, then this system cannot change. Bitcoin supply does not decrease. Bitcoin inflation started high and decreases over time. It is theoretically possible for Bitcoin developers to modify Bitcoin code, but no one expects this and it could cause some division. Ethereum burns about 3.6 ETH per minute since it switched from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake. Ethereum still inflates as it pays validators, but since some ETH is now burned instead of being paid to validators, that inflation rate is less than before September 2022. By making the change from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake, the Ethereum developers proved they are still willing to make changes to the network. Beyond normal network development, the thing to watch out for is admin keys. It would be very bad if a cryptocurrency contained an admin key in its code that allows an admin to change the supply or anything else. To reiterate, any cryptocurrency system can be coded to create or destroy units of supply. If the code is immutable, like hex, then this system cannot change. Compare this to any fiat currency like the dollar, euro, pound, or yen. Central banks print digital money into supply all the time like it's a joke. At the same time, they gleefully destroy or invalidate physical cash. Remember when there were lockdowns and suddenly there was a coin shortage for no reason and the banks refused to give out coins? Central banks have no code and are all admin keys. Penalties, additional rewards, and ending stakes early, late or never, and good accounting. Liquid Hex is a simple cryptocurrency, but staking Hex is a truth engine. A holder of Liquid Hex can buy, sell, and hold at will without restriction. When a Hex holder chooses to perform work by staking Hex, that holder is creating a contract with the Hex smart contract. That contract is a stake and is represented by T-shares. When starting a stake, the holder must select two parameters, the amount of hex and the duration of the stake. The stake will stop accruing yield when it expires, but the stake must be ended by the holder in a second act of work known as ending the stake. 
for 14 days after the stake duration expires, the holder may end the stake without penalties. This is known as the grace period. Ending the stake when you said you would is being truthful. If you attempt to end your stake early, that is called an emergency end stake. Depending on the length of stake and time served, the holder will be penalized for not telling the truth and will not receive all the yield that could be claimed if the stake had reached maturity. The holder may have received some bonuses up front, and some portion of yield from those bonuses must be penalized. This enforces truth-telling in the system by preventing gaming the system. For a stake greater than 90 days that has served at least half of the duration, then the stake receives principal and half of the accrued yield. Serving less than half of the time eats into principal. It can be a serious penalty. After the two-week grace period, stakes will erode at 1% per week for 100 weeks, until 100% of the stake is gone. The late-stake erosion penalty is distributed among all T-shares. Check out the independent fan website, apphex.win charts. That's A-P-P-H-E-X dot W-I-N slash charts. The last chart called expiring stakes shows late stakes as expiring stakes and fully eroded stakes as nuked stakes. The chart also shows the aggregated expirations of all stakes going into the future. Name another system that has future supply data like this going out 15 years. What if you have some obstacle to ending a stake? For this case, there is something called the good accounting function. This function is a delay tactic. To operate this function, any benefactor must first identify the stake by entering the staking address and a stake ID for that address. The benefactor does not have to know the private key for the stake. Then the benefactor must perform a transaction that costs gas. The transaction burns the T-shares from supply but does not mint the hex. The person with the private key must still spend gas and run the end stake function to mint the hex principal and hex yield. Good accounting stops erosion of a late stake but does not technically end the stake. A friend can run this function for someone who is in the hospital. A staker could run this to delay his own end-stake transaction. A happy lunatic could run this for random people for no reason. It does not make sense to run good accounting for strangers because then other stakers do not get to receive rewards from erosion penalties. Where do the penalties go? Penalties apply to those who lie instead of ending their stake during the contracted grace period. Half of the penalties go to current stakers and half goes to the origin address. The half that goes to stakers is divided equally among all active T-shares. If the regular daily payout is about 6 hex per T-share per day, 
then a large penalty could raise the payout on a single day to 7, 8, 9, 10, 20. Anything is possible. Someone could have a big bill in the real world and is desperate to cash out, or they can't sweat waiting, or they simply don't understand the system. The reason doesn't matter. What matters is that truth-tellers are rewarded and liars are penalized. The system works whether you understand it or not. What was that about the origin address? We call it the OA for short. The OA is the address where all the hex supply originates. Some OA holdings have split to secondary addresses called OA daughter addresses. No one knows who controls the OA or how or why. It is essential not to know, so that we can have no expectations of the OA. However, history has shown that the few times the OA has done anything, it has been in the interest of the hex system. So I think of it as an immune system. Ignoring the OA is a problem for some people. Those people can choose not to participate in hex. The rest of us like that Hex has no expectations from the work of others and is not a security. One more thing about penalties. When stakers receive the rewards from penalties, that is called upside-only volatility. If you look at a chart of daily payouts over time, you see the daily payouts very slowly trend up, and on certain random days, there is a payout spike due to penalties. There is never a downside spike in payouts. Daily payouts have strictly upside volatility. That is a profound element of the hex system. Good luck finding a yield property like that anywhere. Has your apartment landlord ever rewarded the current tenants with reduced rent when one tenant leaves early and must pay the landlord several months' rent as a penalty? Ethereum Gas Fees During the development of HEX and for almost a year after launch, gas fees on the Ethereum network for swapping transactions and start stakes and end stakes were affordable for most Americans in dollar terms. However, as of September 2020, the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, published EIP-2929 to increase gas cost for opcodes, which includes S-load, which is the storage load function. As stated on Ethereum.org, the motivation was to address an attack vector used in a 2016 Shanghai denial-of-service attack. Opcodes like S-Load became three to four times more expensive. A malicious attack is described as a transaction that takes 20 to 80 seconds to complete instead of milliseconds. The increased gas cost reduces this to 7 to 27 seconds. To anyone but Ethereum super nerds, this is a pointless increase in cost. Hex uses the storage load function, and this Ethereum network update had a major negative impact on Hex because it made end staking much more expensive. 
The intestake function uses the sload function to add up the daily rewards of a stake. Since hex is immutable, this cannot be changed. In response, the founder of hex, Richard Hart, has vowed to develop the first full-state hard fork of Ethereum. That new parallel network will be called PulseChain. The idea of PulseChain is to allow hex users to end stakes at less cost. There may be other benefits. A simple version of an end stake gas fee calculation for the Ethereum network is days times 2,310 GUE plus 53,000 GUE. Then multiply by the GUE cost for block confirmations. Divide GUE by 1 billion to get the approximate amount in ETH. An online calculator that does this is at the independent fan site hexnoob.com slash calculator. That's spelled H-E-X-N-O-O-B dot com slash end hyphen stake hyphen calculator. Deferred inflation of hex supply. Deferred inflation is a cool side effect of the T-share system. Because hex yield is not minted until the end stake function is run, and because all inflation is awarded to T-shares, then for any given stake, all of the inflation for that stake is not realized until the stake ends. In aggregate, for all stakes, that means that the more hex that is staked and the longer those stakes are, the more that inflation is deferred into the future and realized later. That means when you hear 3.69% maximum inflation, that maximum supply inflation rate may never be realized in any given year. If you find the chart in the hex chart set at the independent fan site whalesonly.com, you can see that through March 2023, over almost 1,200 days of operation, the total minted inflation is 6.23%. That's about 1.95% realized average annual inflation over 3.2 years of operation. The realized inflation is going up over time, but it will never exceed the maximum, and it may not reach the maximum. By contrast, in 2020, the Federal Reserve printed 40% of all dollars now in existence. That means they added another two-thirds of the supply of dollars in 2020. They did 67% monetary inflation while saying they have a target price inflation rate of 2%. This dollar supply includes all money ever created for all wars and bailouts and foreign aid and annual spending since 1913. To figure out what monetary inflation does, just look at the prices of everything. With that kind of reckless governance in the world of fiat currency, 3.69% maximum inflation for a cryptocurrency sounds like a bargain. Hex Mining Parameters T-Shares Mine Hex for a user to create his own T-shares, he must engage the start stake function 
of the Hex smart contract. Several websites have a front end to perform this interaction. Go.hex.com is the most common route. The website connects to a software wallet front end like MetaMask. The website reads if any hex are in the wallet. Hex is required to run the start stake function, but not to put in numbers to look at the calculations. Two user inputs are number of hex to stake and number of days of stake duration. The calculator shows as an output the number of T-shares that will be created based on the inputs. T-shares can be many decimals less than one whole T-share. There is no minimum T-share stake. There is only a minimum of one hex to stake. Days of stake duration may be anywhere from one day to 5555 days, which is 15.2 years. Certain bonuses apply to certain inputs. For the hex amount input, the bigger pays better bonus applies for very large amounts of hex. The more important bonus is longer pays better, which applies to the duration. These bonuses are weighed against the T-share rate. If the T-share rate is 30,000, then a staker must burn 30,000 hex for a one-day duration to receive one T-share. For longer pays better, the bonus is a linear scaling function of up to a 2x bonus for 10 or more years of duration. That means if a staker selects to burn 30,000 hex at a T-share rate of 30,000 hex for a duration of 10 years, the staker gets a 60,000 hex bonus with a result of three T-shares. For a duration of five years, the result is two T-shares. For one year, the result is 1.2 T-shares. One day is one T-share. Anyone can go to the independent fan website hexcalc.net to try out different numbers and see results. That's spelled H-E-X-C-A-L-C dot net. It is key to understand that the hex bonus is not received when the stake starts. The bonus applies to how many T-shares the staker can get based on the T-share rate. When the stake starts at UTC midnight, those T-shares are minted into existence, and those T-shares begin mining hex for the staker on a daily basis. The mining is accruing claims of daily hex inflation and daily penalty rewards of hex. These claims will become realized yield when the user runs the end stake function after the mining duration period is complete. The T-shares are burned and the hex principal and yield is minted. In summary, the contract chiefly rewards longer periods of delayed gratification and also rewards large commitments of HEX. The T-share rate, T-share deflation, and the simulation of compound interest. The most important fact about T-shares is that T-shares are HEX miners. The second important fact is that the T-share rate always goes up 
How can that be? The T-share rate always goes up in hex terms, not in dollar terms. Hex terms. The only way to acquire a T-share is to choose to burn some amount of hex for some period of days by starting a stake. Liquid hex is the only way in. The amount of shares you receive for an amount of hex over an amount of days is all that matters. The third important fact is that T-shares are an internal unit of account within the HEX smart contract, and HEX is the external unit of account. There is no way to access T-shares except through HEX. In the beginning, when HEX was worth less than a penny, the T-share rate began at 10,000 HEX per T-share. In one year, it was 16,250. In two years, it was 19,600. In three years, it was 25,200. The rate does not go up every day, but it never goes down. It either stays flat or goes up. How does the code accomplish this? Each time a stake ends, something like an ROI analysis is done to see if the share rate should go up. ROI means return on investment. For this discussion, ROI is in hex terms, not in dollar terms. 100% ROI means the yield is equal to the principal, i.e. the investment is doubled. The code inputs starting and ending parameters and asks a question. Starting parameters. The hex principal staked, the number of t-shares received, and the stake length. Ending parameters. The hex principal plus yield that is minted when the stake ends. Then the contract asks if the final principal plus yield is restaked right now for the same number of days, would the user receive the exact same number of t-shares at the current t-share rate? If the answer to the question is that the user would receive more t-shares, then the code raises the t-share rate so that the user could only get the same exact number of t-shares. If the answer is same or less t-shares, then the rate stays where it is. This is why it is possible to say as a shorthand that the t-share rate only goes up, because it never goes down. Compound interest. The t-share system simulates compound interest. The t-share system does not directly provide compound interest. Direct compound interest requires reinvestment of yield into the yield-producing instrument. A common form of this is a mutual fund, because mutual funds typically do automatic reinvestment. In contrast, the T-share system mints all the yield at the end, so there is no reinvestment during mining. The simulation of compound interest involves several elements. The first two elements are initial staking bonuses 
and the T-share rate. The T-share rate ratchets up each time a stake ends with the highest historical ROI. The value of a T-share automatically increases in hex terms because the amount required to acquire the T-share automatically increases. This is not in fiat currency terms, this is in hex terms. Hex price can drop 99% in dollar terms, and the T-share price in dollar terms will also drop 99%. But in hex terms, the T-share can only get more expensive as longer stakes end. Time in the system is what matters for the T-share in hex terms. Combine this time element with the bonuses that are offered for long stakes and large stakes. When more T-shares are awarded due to a longer commitment, that means more mining is taking place during the stake duration. More mining for longer leads to higher ROI in hex terms. New highs lead to the share rate ratcheting up. T-share deflation The third element of simulating compound interest is T-share deflation. Because of T-share deflation, it is easy to have new highs in ROI in hex terms on any given day. The ROI is the proportion of mining yield that was generated from the starting principle that was burned to create a hex mining T-share. The yield from mining is inflation. The supply inflation of hex is offset by the supply deflation of T-shares. Each time the share rate ratchets up, the maximum possible number of T-shares that can be created is reduced. This reduction in the theoretical maximum leads to a long-term trend in T-share deflation, even though the T-share supply is highly variable in the short term. How is that possible? If a person starts a single stake that gets the maximum 10% bigger pays better bonus, a maximum 200% longer pays better bonus, and maximum duration of 5555 days, then after 5555 days, the resulting ROI in hex terms will be higher than any previous stake, and that will ensure that the share rate adjusts up and the maximum possible future supply of T-shares adjusts down. The more stakes like this that exist, the more dramatic the deflation as stakes expire. ROI calculations One may try to calculate the potential mining ROI on a stake. Or, one may use an independent fan site like hexfire.io or hexcalc.net for guesses. Most simple calculations of ROI only consider the input parameters of the stake. They tend not to incorporate models that include broad changes within the system. The code does not change, but the financial environment within the system can change. Over the long term, there are major broad changes to the HEX ecosystem that can occur. Some of these broad changes are a result of system mechanics like T-share deflation, 
Some changes could come from external factors, like an increase in new users to the system. Some changes occur based on the proportion of stakers to holders. A simple ROI calculation will not incorporate long-term or external factors. A simple ROI calculation will use current data. Example 1. Bubba holds 25,000 hex. The T-share rate is 25,000 hex. Bubba stakes 25,000 hex for one year, 366 days. He receives an upfront bonus of 0.2 T-shares on top of his base of 1 T-share. Bubba gets 1.2 T-shares that will mine hex for 366 days. Bubba looks at the current payout of hex per T-share. This number fluctuates, but it seems to have a floor around 6.3 hex per T-share per day at the moment. Bubba multiplies the duration of 366 days times the daily payout of 6.3 hex times the T-shares of 1.2. That comes out to 2,767 hex. Bubba burned 25,000 hex initially. The yield of 2,767 divided by the input of 25,000 equates to 11% ROI in hex terms. Example 2. Bubba holds 25,000 hex. The T-share rate is 25,000 hex. Bubba stakes 25,000 hex for 15.2 years, which is 5555 days. He receives an upfront bonus of 2 T-shares on top of his base of 1 T-share. Bubba gets 3 T-shares that will mine hex for 5555 days. Bubba looks at the current payout of hex per T-share. This number fluctuates, but it seems to have a floor around 6.3 hex per T-share per day at the moment. Bubba multiplies the duration of 5555 days times the daily payout of 6.3 hex times the T-shares of 3. That comes out to 105,000 hex. Bubba burned 25,000 hex initially. The yield of 105,000 divided by the input of 25,000 equates to 420% ROI in hex terms. These theoretical ROI numbers of 11% for one year and 420% for 15 years are meant to serve as a baseline for the following discussion. These numbers use current data available at the moment of running the start-stake function on a fictional day. These numbers do not incorporate long-term or external factors. Daily Payouts The daily hex mining payout per T-share varies. It has a soft floor that follows a trend. The trend appears steady over short time frames, like a few months. We cannot predict the long-term trend. During the year one launch phase, the payouts trended up from 1 hex per T-share per day to 4.8 hex over the course of 350 days. 
The end of the launch phase was day 352, November 19th, 2020. That was called Big Payday, where all the hex set aside for Bitcoin holders was released to stakers. Stakers received a big payout. The T-share rate jumped 4,900 hex from 11,100 to 16,000 hex. And the daily payout jumped from 4.8 to 5.8. After this, the payout trend became slower. From day 365 to day 1095, two years later, the trend went from a soft floor of 5.8 hex per day to 6.3 hex per day. Ooh, wow. Half a hex in two years. The point is not the exact amounts. The point is that the payout trends up over time. Why does it do this? Because of T-shared deflation. The HEX protocol pays out an annualized inflation rate of 3.69% on a daily basis. About 0.0101% per day. That inflation is distributed to all T-shares. If the total supply of T-shares deflates over time, then payout per T-share per day must increase. Earlier, I was listing elements that simulate compound interest. We are now at number four. The fourth element that simulates compound interest is the correlation of increasing payouts per T-share to decreasing T-share supply. Two major unknowns that impede any modeling of where the daily payouts can go are adoption and staking behavior. This concludes my four elements of simulating compound interest. But wait, there's more. A note on fairness. One might wonder if the T-share system is unfair in some way, because the share rate keeps increasing. It turns out that the increasing share rate is what enforces fairness. Existing stakers must restake all of their principal and yield for the same duration to receive the same number of T-shares as they previously got with just their principal. This prevents existing stakers from gaining a larger portion of the pie just for being there earlier. What matters is not the time you enter the system, what matters is time in the system. A note on early adoption. Hex is in the early adoption phase still after three years. In a system with network effects, that experiences slow adoption first and more rapid adoption later. Elements like T-share deflation and hex payout per T-share increases translate into a reward for early adopters. One of the benefits of staking earlier rather than later is locking in a certain rate of yield, commonly called APY. Another benefit is that if T-shares cost more HEX over time, then that can put demand on HEX as a means to acquire T-shares. Increasing demand and decreasing supply of T-shares might lead to upward price pressure on HEX. A note on APY. 
APY is annualized percent yield. When a holder starts a stake, that stake has an estimated APY. On the earlier examples of ROI, where Bubba got 11% ROI for a 1-year stake and 420% ROI for a 15-year stake, Bubba's APY was probably 11% for the 1-year stake and 36% for the 15-year stake. APY applies to a system that uses compound interest. HEX only simulates compound interest because stakes are locked and there is no reinvestment of mining yield during the mining phase. APY is a term that approximates the concept. Hopeful Calculations A calculation that involves APY is the following. Take the APY as a decimal, add 1, and power that to the number of years of the stake. For example, 36% APY over 5 years is 1.36 to the 5. That's a return of 4.65x. For 36% over 10 years, that's 21.64x return. For 15 years, that's 100x return. Again, this involves APY, which applies to compound interest. If HEX successfully simulates compound interest, this could be the result. The more conservative calculation is the ROI calculation mentioned previously. The proportion of staked HEX to unstaked HEX. I will refer to the HEX principle that is burned as staked HEX. T-shares represent principal plus bonuses, which is not useful for the point I am about to make. To understand the current APY estimates that any holder gets when he is about to start a stake, one must compare stake tax versus unstake tax and think about systemic inflation. The annualized maximum systemic inflation of HEX is 3.69%. That means the contract is going to award that inflation to miners, whether the inflation is realized or deferred. If 100% of all HEX is staked, then everyone who staked may receive a maximum APY of 3.69%. If 10% of all HEX is staked, then everyone who staked may receive a maximum APY of 36.9%. If 1% of all HEX is staked, then everyone who staked may receive a maximum APY of 369%. You calculate this trade-off by taking 3.69%, and dividing it by the percent of stakers. Use the decimal form of 0.1 for 10% stakers. You can find the percent of staked HEX out of the total supply at the independent fan site hexdailystats.com under the column Locked Percent of Coins. In March 2023, this is slightly over 10%. This is different from percent of addresses staked, which is 37%. If staking becomes more popular and more HEX is staked, then the maximum APY for any new stake is reduced. This is one element of the early adoption argument. However, it also works the other way. If some amount of unstaked HEX never gets staked, then that becomes a floor 
on the APY. This is a concept involving staking behavior. If 80% of the hex supply is never staked, then the floor on maximum APY is 18.45%. If 70% of the hex supply is never staked, then the floor on maximum APY is 12.3%. If there is any floor on maximum yield whatsoever, and if that yield is better than bond yields, then Hex wins the yield game. Hex wins the yield game right now. Hex mining produces yield with no counterparty risk. Hex offers yield plus price appreciation. Nothing else comes close. This is not financial advice. This is education. If any government or financial system on Earth worked this transparently or consistently, then cryptocurrency would serve no purpose. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have learned something. Have a great rest of your day.